Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And today I'm with Debbie Pope, who is a CEO of YWCA Boulder. And prior to that, uh, she held a, another really cool, interesting position as the National Executive Vice President of Development at National MS Society. And uh, that MS has hit a, a friend of mine, and so I, that that's real close to home. So. I think what Debbie's doing for in Boulder and really around the country with 210 different uh, parts of her organization, I'm excited to have her on the show today. And, and Boulder happens to be where my daughter's headed off to school here this year. So that'll be cool too. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, well, good to have you here. Um, I like to help our audience connect with you uh, by asking you about early childhood first, right? Some of our passions and priorities and what we care about in life, you know, we learn at a very young age. Um, and it sounds like I was born in Wisconsin and you may have been from there as well. I was born in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, right along Lake Michigan. So my, my early days were really spent, um, you know, along Lake Michigan and lots of wooded areas around there and lakes. And so many memories of swimming in the summer and snowball fights in the winter. <laughs> oh sure. yes. Plenty of snowball fights in the cold weather there, I'm sure. Absolutely. And what, what got you up in the morning? Like what, what were you passionate about? Did you notice something then that, that now, you know, has become part of your, of your life? Like what, what, what's the thread between then and now? Yeah. Well, so my mom, Luann was a huge um inspiration in my life and my sister's life and she was an artist and so what I used to love is it would be like a beautiful day and you know she had all the things that I know now as a parent you have to do and she'd say you know what let's just go and we'd get in our Malibu station wagon and she would just drive until she's like okay let's stop this looks perfect and it would be like an open field um you know there there's a lot of scenery of you know uh, dairy farms things like that and she'd bring her paints along and we would sit down in this field and she said, paint whatever you see. Um, and it was a really beautiful way to think about life because my sister's was always exactly what was there. And mine was never, never looked like what was there. You know, like I came up with all kinds of different renditions of that. 
Um, but I think what got me up in the morning, she really helped us see things through a really different lens. You know, we'd be driving down the street and she'd say, how many colors do you see in the sky today? Or did you notice that leaf that's been changing over the past, or that tree that's been changing over the past three days as we've been driving to school? So, um, so that was a huge way to kind of start my childhood in a way that that's, I've held on to that. Wow, that's so cool. Um, so many of us just kind of float down the river and don't take notice of everything as it goes by. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you watched the show called The Chosen? I haven't, but I've heard about it. Um, it's so good. I've had at least a dozen people tell me about it. Okay. And the beginning of the credits, my wife cracks up because I, <laughs> I love the credits. It's like 45 seconds. And it plays this song and it shows all the gray fish swimming in a circle. And then one of them turns blue and then more turn blue, right? And it's kind of like an awakening to being kind and helping others and, you know, doing yeah. the right thing. And it just, the, the music plays. And when the fish turn blue, I'm like, ooh, that's a good mission statement, right? Turn gray fish blue and just recognize and see things in the way your mom did. So that's really cool. Um, tell me, so there's always something that we go through in life that helps us become a better person. And at the time it might feel like, wow, this is so hard and difficult. Why do I, why do I have to go through this? Yeah. Is there one you're comfortable sharing that, you know, that you can talk about how you made it through and what was yeah. your process? And I think that's helpful for people who listen on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, interestingly enough, it also has to do with my mom. And so, you know, my sister used to say, we sort of had what we considered sort of this perfect childhood and, um, and it changed very abruptly. So my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 13 and, um, it hit, you know, it's one of those things that people can have for a while and not know about, but then you have a, an onset of it and it can be incredibly drastic. So she went from taking a walk with me in the morning to not being able to get out of bed the next morning. And we had no idea what was wrong. Uh, she couldn't walk, you know, she couldn't paint. Um, and it changed our life, you know, like immediately, you know, there was like no runway. <laughs> you know, it's just like, suddenly things changed really quickly. And, you know, we were really fortunate that, you know, she was able to sort of go into a place of remission um, with her MS, but she'd have relapses and you never knew when they were going to happen. Um, so you kind of constantly lived your life from that point forward. I always felt like waiting for the, you know, what's going to happen next, right? Things are going too well. So, you know, something's an onset's going to happen. And so, and I think the other thing that was hard about it is that she was a very strong, um, positive person, very spiritual, and she just didn't want to sit in that place of like, you know, sadness or, you know, I can't do this. So there was a lot of denial and there was a lot of places that we just didn't talk about it. Uh, we all knew it was there, but we didn't talk about it. And I think that was, that was really hard because I think how I dealt with it initially was like, try to sort of pretend it's not there and it was always present. And so, um, you know, these things have a way of working and it, I did, I was a TV news anchor in, in Texas. And I happened to be invited to cover a story that was the multiple sclerosis walk. And I'd never, 
gotten connected to them. I had no idea. And, um, and that changed me a lot. Like all of a sudden I met all of these people who were going through very similar things and they were talking about them and there was hope. And I was learning about all these exciting treatments that were in place. And so long story short, uh, 17 years of my career were spent with the National MS Society. Um, and it was a very near and dear mission to me, but you know, that's the thing where my mom had said, maybe I had MS because that was a road you were supposed to take and you mm. might not have found your way there. So while I, you know, would always hope and wish that she didn't have to live through that. Um, it is, again, these things happen in life and, um, in hindsight, we can see more clearly. Wow. That's a great, uh, it's a great story. I love the painting and the things that she taught you and, and then that you invested 17 years to make a difference. And I think MS is, there is, there has been a big progress that's been made in MS. Huge, huge progress. When she was diagnosed, there were no treatments and the doctor said, just go home, pretend you don't have it because there's nothing we can do. And I'm so, it's so wonderful today for somebody who's newly diagnosed, there's many treatment options. We know that it's helping to um, halt the disease so that they can live a more full life. Um, and you know, every day, every year there's new treatments now, um, which is incredible. So the experience, like you were talking about your friend, it doesn't mean it's still not hard, uh, but the experience they're having, I think is it's really different than somebody who's diagnosed 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, I, on my other podcast, it's called AI for sales, the AI for sales podcast. And I talked to a lot of leaders in the AI space. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because biotech and healthcare, and there's so many things that the AI can run, you know, AB testing and figure things out with big data that yeah. I have to believe things like MS and cancer and, you know, all those things that have plagued us for so long, can now start to be solved. And that actually helps us transition uh, kind of into the next part of the conversation, what you're doing now um, around eliminating racism is a great thing to focus on. Uh, we don't need that in our society and world. Um, and I think AI has a potential to also has a have a positive impact there, interestingly enough, right? Re a, a manager who reads a resume may bring their biases to the equation on accident. Mm -hmm. It's just hard-coded. Mm -hmm. And AI reads the reads the document and can read it differently. So right. it's um right. I'm optimistic for where things go. You know, we've made a lot of progress over the last several decades. Um, but I'm also equally excited we can make a lot more. So tell us a little bit more about what your current organization is focused on. I'm curious. Yeah. So, um, so the YWCA, so I'm the CEO. I have a wonderful team of, you know, gosh, close to 40 uh, staff. And our mission is to eliminate racism and empower women. And so it really is that idea of um, you really can't, you have to be able to empower all women. And we aren't able to do that as long as racism is in existence. And so it really is taking into account the, this full community and how are we all working together. And I really just call it, you know, it's just about having human dignity, you know, and being human. And I know that sounds, you know, simplistic, uh, but what's unfortunate is so many, the biases that have come into our, our minds and have been so hardwired, you know, we really need to unwire. <laughs> 
we need to relearn, you know, um, because there has been a lot when you even still look at the inequities, you know, I have three daughters and even myself as a CEO, when I compare my salary to other men in the similar role, you know, they're making more than I am, right? So it's sort of this idea of just, you know, there's enough for all of us and we will be better <laughs> if we open that space up to everybody. Um, so that's sort of where we are. And we're really focused on early childhood education, really focused on, we're in the schools doing a lot of um, sort of reading down racism, using literature to really um, start early with children to have a more inclusive perspective to be allies for anti-bullying. We work with parents on how they can talk to their kids about racism. And then we're doing a lot of programming for young girls in STEM. You know, how do we set up opportunities for them now so that in their future, you know, again, that's how you sort of have to work with the day-to-day -day and then how do we set folks up for the future? So that's well, it's interesting um, just to hit on on an interesting perspective. We we reach out to people to be on the podcast, both my AI for sales podcast and living a better story. And it's interesting. Something I've noticed is that men are more likely to respond and say, sure, no questions asked. Just yeah, let me go ahead. Like they'll take yeah. a risk again, generalizing, but from a percentage basis, right? I've probably had on this podcast seven or eight women and then 30 or 40 men. And so it's interesting because that's it, probably society says, hey, don't step out. And so I think, you know, part of the solution is educating that, hey, it's okay, take a step, take a leap of faith. And, you know, you are an amazing person, share your story, right? I mean, right. you're, you know, you're, God created you just like he created me and everyone else. So um, it, I love what you're doing there. Having a son and a daughter, you know, you want equality for both, obviously. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I have a son too. And I have to say, we spend a lot of time focusing on really, you know, building programming and empowerment and confidence for women and girls, but we have to do the same with boys and we have to give them the confidence to also be who they want to be, you know, because we're really socialized uh, a lot around gender. And so I think that there's, uh, this is not, you know, this is for all of us to work on collectively um, as well, but it will make us, it's better for all of us, right? It's better for all of us in the end. So yeah, yeah and I appreciate you yeah. bringing that up because we have lots of studies that show that these things are socialized very early um, and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. Sure. Well, I mean, I like there's a few sales leaders that I really have high respect for that are running women in sales, mm -hmm. women in leadership. And there's so many movements across the country that um, that people are, it's above threshold, people are right. aware, and they're, and they're open to learn and, and understand. Yeah. I remember seeing one of the commercials from, I don't know, 15 years ago, and it said, um, uh, oh, you hit like a girl or something like that. And it was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 time out. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And and it, so, but it's unconscious to the people that probably created that commercial, you know? Yeah, that's right. So I think, you know, there's a lot of progress made. I think the more we can see people who reflect us, um, and I mean that for all of us, it gives us, you know, then we can see it, we can dream it, we can, there's something concrete about it. And so that's why I think it's so important for us to, for all of us to see, 
different types of people in leadership, you know, whether it's their race or their gender or their identity or you know, all those pieces are important. Well, one of the co-founders of Living a Better Story is Robert White. And Robert is a friend of our family that I knew when I was a kid. I used to cut his grass. Okay. He's since graduated 1.3 million people from mindset, transformational, you know, human potential movement kind of uh, companies that he's run. And what I've found is that when it's an experiential learning, it's yeah. so much more impactful. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be happy to make an intro there sometime because I'm sure he could put some kind of an experiential thing together, uh, yeah. which you probably are already doing, but why not talk to the guy who's done it oh, 1.3 million I, times? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is how we, this is how we all get, we'll get, be able to accomplish this and achieve it is by really leveraging all those incredible talents and strengths of everybody. So yes, I would love yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Just to give you an example at the last event that we did, one of the exercises, and I know I'm breaking one of his rules because you're really <laughs> kind of supposed to keep these a secret, but <laughs> Robert, sorry if you're listening. Um, you, We went in a circle. And, and so let's say there's five people sitting down and five standing up. And the things we didn't hear as a kid that we wished we'd heard from our parents you would come up with three of those. And for me, it was hard. Like the first one, okay, I got the first one, but the second one, and my son was there. Um, so it was really neat and powerful. So you go up, you they're closing their eyes, sitting down, you put your hand on their shoulder and you whisper in their ear uh, what you wished you would have heard. So what oh, I wished. Wow. So um, so mine has mine is, I love you no matter what, right? Like, no matter what, because you, you know you can do anything, and I still love you. Right. And so I said that to my son, and and he's heard me say it my whole life. So yeah. like since I didn't necessarily hear it, they they loved me. Obviously, my parents are amazing, but mm -hmm. there was that missing gap. So then when he went and and went around, and he said, "Don't try so hard." Oh, oh and I was like, because you know my wife and I really pushed the kids to. Uh, in education and things, but, mm -hmm. but those kinds of experiences that just open up your mindset, right. I'm sure there's some that could be done and have been done, you know, women and racial sure. equality, and it, it would be a really powerful kind of. A yes. Well, I would love it because we do a lot of training around this and I'd love to bring those two things together because it is really, it really is about making a very conscientious change and being very intentional about it, which mm. takes work and work on yeah. yourself and exploring why do I feel that way? Or, you know, really being able to be authentic and real about, cause you've really, there's a lot of layers to it. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I just think of you driving down the road and your mom pulling over and saying, here, let's paint this. <laughs> that yeah. That's exactly how life should be. Like, hey, we're yeah. in a pro, we're in the machine. Let's just pause for a moment. Yeah. understand the perspective of the other person because they hold on to certain beliefs. We hold That's beliefs. True. Let's just look at it right from 30,000 feet. That's so it. what, how amazing that is. Well, so think about, um, you know, we're three years from now and you're looking back, you're back on the show. Hey, great to see you again, Debbie. Mm -hmm. um, what's transpired over the next three years for you when you're doing the look back? Yeah, I think for me, the personal part of it is that the people I love and my children are um, 
feeling fulfilled, achieving their dreams, feeling happy, right? That they're living a really full life and feeling that they're, and that they're making a difference, you know, that they have that seed and that they're starting to, to give back as well. So that of course would be very meaningful to me as a parent. I hope I can say that. Um, I think in terms of our society, you know, I really just hope we get, can get to a better place of there's so many more commonalities that we share than differences. And I feel like in some ways, the way society has been set up, it sort of divides us and sometimes intentionally. And so I guess my goal is try to figure out how do we come together around the things that are, you know, foundational, fundamental, you know, human, right? And then within there, then how do we make sure we identify those areas that need to be where equity is needed and how do we get there? And how do we get past our own barriers and fears? Because I think the reason we're not there is people get afraid. You know, fear is so powerful. And when we let it take us overtake us, uh, we can't see things clearly. We don't take opportunities the way we, we maybe would. Yeah. And the power players, it seems like the influence in media and in right. social media and in all outlets, to your point, it's the goal is, hey, let's just divide because right. it, it works for the sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, no, there's reasons that it's been going on for hundreds yeah. of years. So, you know, but I think being able to see more of that, and I'd love to be, you know, I'm a connector. So I'd love to be a conduit to figure out how do we, and I'm working within the women's movement. So it's like, how do we all come together on the issues that are so important to us? You know, the, the safety of our children, right? Our families, education, um, our own health and safety, right? Our own economic advancement, you know, how we're being able to fulfill our dreams. And I think that's a space that in three years from now, I'd love to be able to say, here's how I've been able to be a part of that. In a that's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so now go back. Uh, let's rewind the tape and go back to, you know, mid early 20s, maybe you're 20. <clears throat> um, is there something you would tell yourself, you know, back then? Like, what would you tell yourself from when you're 20? Oh, probably so many things, you know, I think that's the beauty of when, you know, as we get as I get older, I see more lines on my face and things that when I was 20, I wouldn't have thought of, but you do really do have this better sense of who you are and um, how to look at the world in a different way. And I think what I would probably say is I was very, very focused on being a television broadcast journalist. That was what I was gonna do. I was gonna be political. I knew the whole path, you know, I had it all laid out. I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. Um, and I was very determined. And I think what I would probably tell that 20 year old is like sometimes the roads that go off of that are sometimes the most important ones. And if you're so focused on just that one road, you miss these other opportunities that can actually take you to really incredible places if you let them. That's um, awesome. Yes. And so I think it's hard at that age because there's a lot of, you know, fear about, am I going to succeed or what is this going to look like? And I guess maybe, maybe it's easy to say in hindsight, looking at my you know, where my life is today. But I guess I would say what I learned throughout that process was like just being more open as those opportunities arise and seeing how you can, how that might be the direction that you need right, to take. Right, because and, it's amazing. One degree off right. could change everything, right? right. Um, our, our good friend Arjun Sen is the 
CEO of Zen Mango, and he's the brand whisperer is kind of what he goes uh -huh. by. Or Tiger, actually, Tiger Woods is one of his clients wow. and says, you're, you're the brand caddy. <laughs> and so this guy yeah. is just amazing. But he talks about how everyone is one of one at something in the world and figuring out what you're one of one at mm -hmm. is so, so important. And a lot of times you might feel like, hey, I'm a salesperson at this company. It's the best job I've ever had. And yet your, your true passion is just a degree off. Right. And it, it feels like that's the transition I'm in, you know, halfway point, I'm on the heading into the back nine of life and just looking at it going, wait a minute, I've gotten good for 25 years of doing sales and leading. And right. how can I use that to impact the world in a positive way? Absolutely. And, it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then sometimes it's, you know, taking a leap of faith and sometimes that that path does not work the way you thought it might and but then it might help you inform your path you should be on or yes, that's meant for you yes. so last question is is always the one of the best funnest questions that i ask and and you never know because we're talking through with a lot of different people and we've yeah. just covered a lot of ground and that is what role does faith play in your journey i've heard you use the word a few times yeah. what role does it play in your life well, you know, I think, I guess what I would call it is spirituality. You know, I, um, I do believe that there is a reason each of us are here and sometimes it's really hard to see or understand. And, you know, I'm hopeful that somewhere in my journey, I'll better understand, you know, understand that. But I think because of my mom's, our experience with a chronic illness, it would have been really easy to, and I still get mad about it. You know, I still at her funeral, you know, speaking about her say, I still don't understand why her, you know, why did this incredible woman get this incredible artist? Why all of this is taken from her? So I feel like you can go into those places really easily when things are going well, it's pretty easy to have faith, right? It's like, yes, everything's great. Right. And it's when it's hard that I found my faith being actually the strongest because it has to be because mm. it's hard and it really takes you know I think trust and and understanding and patience of like I can't understand this right now and sometimes we're not meant to understand it in that moment um but I do believe I, my mom used to say you know you're never given something harder than what you can handle and it doesn't always feel that way when you're in it, but when you get over it, it's like, then you see like, okay, I did get through that and I can have more confidence. I can get through things, but I don't believe that we can do that by ourselves. You know, I think it's, um, so for me, I guess I would say my faith has been a gift and I think I don't take that for granted. And I, I don't judge others either where they are. We're all have different journeys and ways that we look at things but I believe there's fundamental truths that we probably all sort of believe to yeah an yeah well yeah. we're just launching this app um this coming week called 77 pray mm -hmm. and its purpose is to help people make a connection and even people who are like well I'm just not sure you know I might right. so like give it a try and see what happens in yeah. 20 or 30 days of asking hey what's your will for my life and then being open to hear it sometimes it's the whisper sometimes it's a, a dream you have at night and you're like huh 
<laughs> you know, but when you tune right. into the dial, it yeah. seems to me that it, it does open up that pathway too. you know, for you, the, your work with MS for 17 years, yeah. like that's, you know, it, it, you got the message. Right. <laughs> right. Even though I think you're like, lives. as a parent, we can understand this. You can tell your kids things over and over and over. Um, but sometimes they need to experience it you know, or they need to learn it on their own, which is, I think also, you know, part of faith too, because, you know, we have free will, right? So we can make choices and we do make our own choices, but yeah, I think there's a lot less we have control over than we'd like to believe, so. Yeah, that's, that is, a, <laughs> I think that's a fair statement. Um, I want to write a book called Frictionless. And so that's think cool. of the friction part has like sandpaper on the, maybe even on the book where it's rough, because a lot of us live in a friction life where we're just not in alignment with what we're supposed to be doing. And then the less part is like maybe a almost a fast car looking thing where it's like, Hey, when you can find your lane, it's, it's so much more fun when, than having friction in your life. Absolutely. Right. And it can go up and down. Right. So that isn't like once you get on it, it's yeah, that's right. You can definitely hit the buzzsaw from time to time, as I call it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Debbie Pope is the CEO of YWCA Boulder. That's the website, ywcaboulder.org. Check it out. Uh, You know, my daughter is uh, is a huge proponent of what you're doing. And and I think I'm optimistic that the next generation carries the torch. Oh, absolutely. So have her, I'd love to meet her when she's coming up here to see you or your other daughter who's not far from here too. I I will do that. Well, my son is at at Mines and daughter's going. Oh, daughter's, okay, gotcha. That's right. So, okay. Yes. Well, very good to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining and um, we'll catch everybody on the next Living Better Story podcast. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.